truth as the antidote to misunderstanding. The momentum for learning about the principles continued to build, and then, to our great excitement and surprise, Sydney Banks offered to visit London. Calling, emailing and texting anyone who might be interested, I arranged a small, intimate two-day seminar at the Hendon Hall Hotel, a five-minute drive from where we lived. Pictures of the triumphant England football team from the 1966 World Cup adorned the walls. This was where they had stayed en route to winning the tournament. The hotel, not to mention the players, had aged somewhat during the intervening 40-plus years, but the quiet, old-fashioned, no-frills atmosphere was perfectly suited to Sid's gentle and insightful style. Straight after the seminar, a piece of good fortune landed in my lap. Sid's hosts had booked tickets to take him to the West End production of The Sound of Music. When the hosts had to cancel at the last minute, my friend Channa and I tentatively offered to stand in. I was nervous of this responsibility. We would be sharing some of London's famous nightlife with the venerable founder of The Principles. Yet within minutes of settling into the taxi, I relaxed and ended up thoroughly enjoying Sid's company. During the intermission, while we were waiting for our drinks, Sid turned to me and said, I'm not sure if you're aware, Terry, but I wrote a few books over the years to help disseminate some of my teachings. One was about a gardener and a group of psychologists. Even though it was just a made-up story, it is full of universal truths. Sid was referring to The Enlightened Gardener, a highly original book written in fable style about the principles. Of course I know about it, I replied instantly, almost shouting to be heard over the din of the crowd. We ended up chatting about insights I had derived from his writings, until the incessant gong sent us scurrying back to our seats for the second half of the show. And while we reveled in the uplifting songs of Maria and the Von Trapp family, I couldn't help but reflect on the conversation. I was struck by Sid's assumption that I may not have known of his books, most unlikely for any serious student of the principles. The simple humility of that endearing exchange left me touched. Here was a man who had experienced many enlightened moments and had changed so many lives, yet Sid was also down-to-earth, charming and gracious. He still retained a childlike curiosity and heartfelt interest in people and the world around him. One Sunday evening, some time later, I picked up a phone message from Sid on the other side of the globe. Hi Terry, I just wanted to see how you're doing, and I wanted to let you know that I will be giving formal recognition to a few select teachers of the principles, which I have not done before. Would you be interested in coming over to the States to spend some time studying with me and other practitioners in order to receive that accreditation? It just wasn't practical for me to accept the offer at the time, given the demands of my family and other matters in London, but I was moved and honoured that Sid had asked. Sidney Banks died very soon afterwards. His death was a great loss, but it galvanised those who had benefited from his wisdom to renew their efforts to teach and share the principles, and I was fortunate to be part of this process in my own small way. During this time, three very clear understandings stood out. Firstly, the three principles embody truth. Crucially, an awareness of truth clears up the fundamental misunderstandings which are the root cause of human suffering. Secondly, 
Because truth operates at the most fundamental of levels, this paradigm could help a lot of people and help them quickly. Thirdly, we are designed to connect with a wellspring of insight that opens us up to a new perspective. This capacity is inherent and alive within all of us, no matter what. Like riding a bicycle, once you get the hang of it, it feels easy and natural.